Edge of Gladiators. It's Marlena here, and I am so excited to be back with you tonight for another Edge of Gladiators live session. And tonight we have an amazing guest, Terrence White, who is, uh, my gosh, has not only an awesome story to tell and tips to help us with kids that might be going through similar things, but Terrence has just come onto the blog scene like a champ, a powerhouse, a phoenix, actually. And we're excited to have him talk to us tonight as we go through Rising from the Ashes. Say hello, Terrence. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining, joining us this evening. Awesome. And for those of you that are watching live or maybe you're watching the replay, that's fine, too. But if you're watching live, remember that we have our live chat feature. So if you see me look down, I'm looking at my phone so I can uh, read the questions that you might have for Terrence, our guests, or, or even for me, or just maybe you have some aha moments during our conversation tonight with Terrence that you want to share with the rest of, of the folks that are tuned in for tonight. So please put your, your questions down in the live chat feature, and we will ask those to our guests as we go forward. So, hey, Terrence, are you ready to get started? Let's go, let's do it, I'm ready. Awesome, awesome. So Terrence, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Who is Terrence White? Um, I am Terrence White. I am currently a seventh grade science teacher in Aurora, Illinois. Aurora, Illinois is 37 miles west of Chicago. And I just finished my sixth year teaching and I'm still going strong. Awesome, awesome. Now, uh, Terrence and I connected through MS Chat, and so uh, I did, I kind of pushed him, I kind of challenged him to, uh, after learning a little bit more about him, to start his own blog and to get his voice out there. And my goodness, not only did he start his own blog, but his voice is so powerful. Uh, but before we get into your story, Terrence, tell us, how did you even come up with the whole Phoenix rising from the ashes? Uh, idea um i came up with that because i was always a fan of mythology came up with the idea of the phoenix was by just my own life and we'll talk about that a little later about my life and basically if you go through the journey of my life i was a phoenix i rose from the ashes because there was a point in my life where i was down and i was out and i came up with the idea of the phoenix is because i want teachers students and administrators to be able to tell stories of moments you're doing in the classroom and moments with um with students that when they have had a moment where they have rose out of the ashes to, to reincarnate themselves just like the phoenix into into something great wow that's awesome uh and if you have not read his blog uh well, first of all, Terrence, tell us how can folks read your blog? It's also featured on edugladiators.com, yeah. but how can they read your blog from your site? Um, if you would like to read my blog, it is TW is a Phoenix. It's TW, it's Terrence White, like my name, is a Phoenix.blog, B L O G. So if you want to get, awesome. if you want to read my blog, future blog posts, I welcome you to read it. Awesome, awesome. I tell you, you won't be disappointed at all. Uh, so, you know what, Terrence, let's jump right into your story so the folks out there can know a little bit about where you're coming from and, and why you gladiate for the kids in the way that you do. So tell us just a little overview about um, about your journey, about how um, how you got to the ashes, to the fire. <laughs> well, my journey, um, one of the things I will tell you is I was born 
um, with a mom who was addicted to drugs and a dad who was in and out of jail for many different crimes. So at the age of four, they found us in an apartment building, abandoned, and I went through foster care for the next five years. And at that time, I was in a terrible foster home. And I'm going to give it all away because I want you guys all to read the blog. And I basically went, went to school, went, went, to, went to a behavior disorder school, and I eventually worked my way out of it. And I eventually, I graduated from eighth grade, graduated from high school, went on to college, and now I just finished my master's. I'm the first person in my family ever to get a master's this past May. So it has been a journey, but along the way, and as you will read in the blog, I have a part one and three will be coming out at the end of this week. We'll just basically explain just, it was not all smooth sailing. It took a lot of great people in my life because I didn't have family. So, because I grew up in group homes. So my teachers were my family and I had some amazing people that kept me on that track. And I will thank those people to this day. That's awesome. Now, one thing you said that I know uh, some people who are listening, whether live yeah. or are the repeat, yeah. uh, might be asking themselves, wait a minute, you worked your way out of a behavior disorder school? Yes. Like that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, um, one of the things when I was in a behavior, because I was in a behavior disorder school because I had a lot of anger pent up from just my previous nine years of my life. So when I was put in the school, the teacher that I had did not judge me. That teacher saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. I didn't see it until middle school. So I got to sixth grade. He kept saying, kept pushing me, kept pushing me to be great. Whenever I had episodes of anger, he would he would work his he would help me work my way. He never ever gave up on me. And but he kept pushing me to be better than the people who were in that school, be better than myself. And eventually, that action that he kept pushing it to be turned into my internal flame. And that's when the ash, when I started rising out of the ashes. Wow. Not, not rising yet, but I woke up because I was down in the ashes. I was out and I woke up. And I thank that teacher to this day. Wow. Like, what, the, what did the kids say? Like, you woke now. So, right. It's like, I'm woke. <laughs> right. And, and as Maya Angelou always says, um, when you know better, you do better. And Absolutely. you certainly have have done that. I like how you said, like, the teachers didn't judge you. How, yeah. You know, how do we help yeah. our, our teachers not to judge our kids based on either what we perceive their yeah. story as being or their circumstances as being um, to even sometimes what we know their circumstances might be? How do we, how do we support our teachers to yeah. not do that? Well, I, I tell you what my teachers did from elementary all the way through middle school, and not all of my teachers, when I, when I talk about part three of the blog, not all of my teachers did this. High school, I was in trouble. But my teachers in middle school, they knew that I came from a group home, but they, didn't, they treated me the exact same. They treated me as an equal, as, as, I was, as the other students who were there. They didn't pick on me or target me. They really, they supported me. And they knew if I was having trouble, they supported me a little bit more. But at the same time, they treated me as an equal. And that meant so much to me when I got out of the behavior disorder school and went to the regular school. I say regular in quotations because they really supported me. I had some middle school were the best three years of my K-12. Because Wait, say, they, that, say that one more time as a middle school advocate. Say that yes. one more time, a little bit louder. <laughs> out of my K-12 through school career, 6th through 8th grade were the best three years I had. 
because they really, my teachers took me from being good to thinking about greatness. And again, that's because of the fact they supported me. They had great relationships. I had some awesome middle school teachers. This could just go on. I was thinking about this a couple of days ago. I couldn't think of a middle school teacher that I didn't like. There was nobody that came to mind because they were just so friendly, so approachable. And but they say Ty, they didn't look at me. They didn't treat me differently because I because of my circumstances. And that is it just means so much to me. And I want to go back to I'm gonna go back to that middle school and tell those teachers. You guys are because of you guys, I'm here where I am today because of you. Because that it's awesome. Just they didn't judge me. I'm blown away. And that's the age group that for those of you that are watching, and it's okay, yeah. we're not judging, but I know you might be. I love my middle school. That is my favorite area because I feel like we can make the most impact in students' lives at that time. Like to me, that's when they're at a crossroads as they're dealing with their changing bodies, their mm -hmm. developmentally, um, their development uh, just intellectually and socially and emotionally. They're just awkward. They're just awkward. Yeah, and we were absolutely. all there. And, and I think that's key. We middle school teachers don't judge uh, our in general, because everybody's at an awkward stage and we remember how we were when we were at that stage. So Terrence, how can we support our elementary and our high school teachers who may not have had the pleasure of teaching middle school to uh, really build relationships, particularly with kids that are going through such trying circumstances like you went through? Right. Well, I'm, I'm a big believer of building relationships first, because I know when you get to high school and even some middle schools have this issue. We focus so much, there's so much pressure on the curriculum on, and where we are in the curriculum that we forget about the kids. We forget about students. And don't get, I'm not saying curriculum's not important. I'm not saying that it is absolutely important because without the curriculum, you're not teaching anything. But the biggest thing we forget is to, if you build relationships first, especially with those troubled students, troubled students tend to have a lot of trust issues because of their past and their home and their and their family life. I know myself, I had a lot of trust issues. But the first couple of weeks, my teacher, my back, how you doing? They talked to me. I, they got to, I got to know them as people. And then once I got to know them and I developed that relationship and that positive trust with them, then the curriculum just flew. I would go through a brick wall for all of my middle school teachers because I knew I liked them and I respected them as, but they held me accountable at the same time too though. If I got off task, they said, hey, you need to get back on this track. So they held me accountable, but they didn't, they didn't do it to a point where they were going to destroy me because they, they developed such a positive relationship with me that I'm going to go through that brick wall. So our elementary and our high school teachers do the same thing. The first couple weeks, I know in my classroom, I developed that classroom culture, get to know the students. The activities we do would be, be less, me, less me talking. I'll talk a little bit let them work. And at that time, I walk around and I just talk to my students that first couple of weeks, talk to them about what do you like to do? What are you into? And just basically shoot it with the students. And they like that because they feel, oh, he cares about me. Mm -hmm. And that is huge. And then the curriculum will come. You will get through curriculum so much better because every curriculum has a point where it's tough. That tough spot or that really dry spot in the curriculum. You know, they all have them. But if you have your students in your pocket, they, they will say, we're going to get through this together. It is a journey. 
because you have built that relationship with them. And they trust your street with trust. There's respect to a street, and that's what it comes down to. And I believe the first couple weeks in a school year are the most critical in building relationships. Two to three weeks. Absolutely. So I know I said a lot. I'm so sorry. No, don't apologize. No, no, no. No, your story is great. Again, if you are listening in and you have a question for Terrence as we're talking, any thoughts, make sure you put that in the live chat. And, and right now, Terrence, everybody just loves your story and love, love your determination as well uh, that, that you're sharing with us tonight and just, just how you've persevered. So when we talk about relationships and building relationships with kids, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Um, ways is to be out in the hallways during class change, yeah, totally. especially at the secondary level, and that's middle mm -hmm. or high. How do you encourage teachers or help them balance that? Um, you know, that's only a, a few minutes, three to five minutes, depending on your school between classes. How do they manage being outside and being that greeter, being that friendly face that they see? How do I manage it, or how should we? Uh, how do I? I'm always standing. Uh, um, I'm standing outside my classroom. If I'm walking down the hallway, I will make it a point to say hi to a student, even if I don't know that student. I mean, he may not be. He or she may not be in my class. I'm gonna say hi to that student because that's what my teachers. I just remember my teachers doing that when I was in school. Whenever a teacher would laugh, even crack a joke at me, I remember that because it just lightened up my day, especially at a time when I needed it. So I do the same thing to my students. I mean, hey, how you doing? Just saying hello. Those simple hellos will change a student's day. Even especially, like you said, in middle school, they are awkward. They are going, they are going through hormones, so they could be having the, the worst day all at the same time. It's like Chicago weather. You wear, you wear a sweater, you can wear a sweater, shorts, and a tank top all on the same day because it changes. They change on you right in front of you. So that simple gesture of saying hello, it is so simple, but it can mean so much to a student. And just talking with a student, just one minute, hey, how you doing, how's life? And that student, you may make that student today. So it's the, it's the, those little things that you can do. And you can do a K through, K through 12, even college you can do it. Do it as a human being, you talk to your staff members, hey, how you doing? If you're an administrator, talk to your staff, they appreciate that. Hey, how you doing? How's life? It can be informal. It's those little things that make a huge difference because we're human beings and we like to feel good. Absolutely. So one of the things with middle school, as uh, and I, I know I have some middle yeah. school folks that are watching right now, too, is that advisory is a key piece of the middle school concept where you yes. have that concentrated 20 minutes um, yep. at least once a week, you know, mm -hmm. preferably more if your schedule uh, allows for it, where you just yep. connect with kids. Mm -hmm. So for uh, probably more for high school teachers, yeah. how can they still build that connection? Or do you think advisory should be something that we don't stop at the end of middle school? I'm saying that I know some high schools have homeroom and it's, it's a, a different variation of, I know when I was in high school, we had homeroom. And I'll give you an example of a situation. That was a teacher I had in high school. He was the choir teacher. I, I had him my freshman year, him and I did not at all. Him and I didn't get along. But when he became my homeroom teacher, I saw a completely different side. And I actually connected with this teacher a lot. And homeroom was the first 20 minutes of the day. And at that time, students could do homework. Students could talk with each other. 
But the, the thing I remember about this choir teacher, he was involved with us talking with us because during the class, he was so focused on his curriculum. But during that 20 minutes, he could just be himself. And I learned more things about him in that 20 minutes. I wish I, wish I could have gone back and had him again as a teacher because I would have had a better time in, a, a better time in his class. So advisory, I don't, the term advisory is great, but it also, it shouldn't stop. It just take the time just to talk to people. That is huge. Because if students, it, just like anything, if you like reading a book, you're gonna fly through a book. If you hate reading the book, it is going to be the driest thing ever. And that is our job as teachers. Sometimes we're actors. Sometimes we are actors, dancers, singers. We do whatever it takes to get our students to be involved in our class. And that's kind of the role of the 21st century. You know, and another thing too, with just building relationship is, and I've said this before on previous podcasts and even in my tweets is that it's okay to tell kids that you love them. I think yeah. that's important for, for kids to hear yeah. uh, because you might be the only person that, that tells that mm -hmm. child that, and that's, I say child, but they could be a high schooler, same Absolutely. difference. Um, so I really think it's important for us to say that, but then that our our actions are also not, you know, we're not just saying I love you um, as words, but our actions speak that as well. So um, were any of your teachers, like, did you feel like, how did, how did you know that they just truly cared about you and they just, they loved you? They, they right. had your best interest at heart. My favorite teachers were the, were the ones that pushed me. They didn't just let me fly under the radar. They pushed me. And they may have pushed me to the, they, they wanted to push me outside of my box. Academically, they knew they saw something in me that I didn't see. And this happened really, really kicked off in middle school. And it continued on through high school. My favorite teachers were the one that pushed me. But at the same time, they all, they, I knew they cared about me. So one of the lines that I heard from my teachers would say, if I was doing something that wasn't quite up to my ability, they would say, I'm getting on you because I care. And that line always got to me like, well, you do care. And that's a line I use when I'm teaching. I tell my students, I do it because I care. And that I, if, if a student's goofing off, I'm talking to you because you're, you got to get back on task. I would have this conversation, a one minute conversation. I'll pull students out, talk to you for one minute. I, I get on you, not because I hate you, because I care about you, because I want you to do great. And a student, they can't argue with that. And if you, they know you're genuine, it gets to them. And most of the time, I've had students apologize. I'm sorry for not performing as my potential. My teachers, whenever I wasn't performing and they let me know, I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna step it up. And I'm gonna step it up and I would let that teacher know, I'm sorry that I'm not living up to my potential. And it goes back to, I talked about this on our Voxer group, kick them down, build them up. When the biggest thing that we forget to do is we kick them down for doing something wrong and we just leave them there. If they improve the behavior and they do something great, it is important, all ages. Sorry if you hear my kids screaming in the background. <laughs> it is important that we build that student back up. This year, I had a challenging group of students this year. And that's one of the things that was my greatest failure this year, that I never build the students up. We're always catching them doing something bad, always catching them. That was a student I had this year, having a hard time with all of his classes, even in my class, having a hard time. 
But the moment, one day I saw him doing something great. He was working hard on an assignment I gave him. I pat him on the back and I said, hey, great job on that assignment. His face was priceless. And for the rest of the school year, he worked hard for me because he built that positive, I got built that relationship. I'm like, hey, great job doing that. His smile connected. Kick them down. If we do that, we have to make sure we build them back up. It goes back to that phoenix. The phoenix is reincarnating themselves. The phoenix is down. It's in your ashes, right? But when it comes out, it comes out stronger, comes out better. We have to build our students up. And that's what a lot of my teachers did. I would disappoint them. They would also let me know that's that's the Terrence White that I want to see. That And that's I take that in my classroom every day. But as teachers, we sometimes forget that because we're so stressed out by so many demands coming at us. But at the end of the day, we have to remember, we kick a student down, we have to build them back up. Catch someone they're doing good. It's that balance. But keep, if, you, if someone just kept telling you, you're terrible, you're terrible, you're terrible, you're going to tune that person out. Especially a student who is having a rough, hears that all the time at home. It's like, oh, yeah, please. It's that mindset. It goes back to mindset. If a, if you, if a student knows that they're bad, they're going to be bad. But if a student knows that they have the potential to be good, they're gonna be good. And that's the one of the things we have to forget. If you have a group, a class that's coming in, you know that's gonna be a tough kid. Let that start like start that stuff being positive. You're, I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna make sure I'm gonna be positive that student. Say nothing positive. I had a student a couple years ago. I said nothing positive for the first week. Positive. Nothing. Did not get on that student for the first week. And there's my son who is in the way. So that's the biggest thing I would say. Awesome. Uh, you know, I had um, I had brunch, no, lunch with uh, one of my PLN from Texas. They were passing through Nashville. Uh, for those of you that follow me on Twitter, you, you might have seen a picture with me and my, uh, my good friends, Brent and Jessica Clarkson. And, and so we were talking, and they have little ones and uh, two little boys. And so they asked me, um, Jessica asked me, she was like, Marlena, like, how did you know that your kids are going to be, um, that they're going to be just these fantastic, you know, athletes and have offers and all of this stuff. And so it's so funny because I looked at her and I said, what do you mean? How did I know? They had no other way to be because I've been telling them since they were born that they were meant to do great things, whether it was football, whether it was mm -hmm. something else, another sport, because they're equally uh, as gifted in their academics and their art as much as they are on the field. Absolutely. I said, so they didn't have a choice but to be great. They're my kids. They didn't have a right. choice but to be great. Absolutely. But did you have moments where you also had to kick them down a little bit to let them know? And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. you have a B or a C? You don't need to go to football practice because right. obviously we need to work on some math, you know. Yep. But, you know, I guess mm -hmm. for her, like, she was trying to figure out, like, what's the secret if she has little ones and if they – you know, have these really ambitious dreams. The secret is we have to believe enough in them until they start believing it in themselves. And what, whatever we expect, that's what they live up to. So when you are supporting them and grounding them in love and support mm -hmm. and with the mindset that they could do anything, like nothing is impossible, right. then they'll be fantastic at whatever it is that they decide to do. Absolutely. Uh, and I think as teachers, we have to be the same way. And as leaders, I would tell my kids all the time, you're my kids, we're the Rainbow Coalition. Like I expect out of you what I expect out of my boys, uh, because that's the only way we're gonna work. Mm -hmm.
you know, and I have high expectations and you can live up to them. Absolutely. And I tell my students that too. I'm like, everything I tell you, I would tell my own kids. I'm pushing you to be great. Because I always, but at the end of the day, I always tell my kids, my own, my own personal kids and my students, some of my students, I care about you. I love you. And I tell my, my own kids, my, you saw one of them trying to hide in the screen, trying to jump in the screen. I tell him, I may get on him. I may, right. He may cry, but you know what? At the end of the day, I tell him, I love you. Absolutely. I love you. And he knows that. And you're going to be Absolutely. great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, in our chat, it's really a great chat, live chat going on. So guys, if you are watching live right now, you definitely want to hit that live chat feature. And if you have a question or just thoughts and comments, uh, put it here. Uh, my friend Tracy, she said, even soccer, Tracy knows me really well. So yeah. let, let me, that's a great example, Tracy. I'm going to be very transparent because yeah. uh, she knows that I love, I mm -hmm. love football. I'm from Louisiana. Yeah. Um, and that's what my boys play. But in their minds uh, a few years back that they were going to play soccer and we don't play soccer. I told them that like my high expectations, yeah. I was also projecting on them. We don't play soccers and you know, yeah. you, you need to kind of be realistic because you've never played before outside the video game and, right. and all of that. And so you may not be on the first team. That's okay. Be a team player. But you know, they looked at me and was like, but you told us we could do anything. So we're going to, we're going to play and we're going to start. And they did. Mm -hmm. because they had been raised with that mindset of don't tell me that I can't because I'm just going to prove to you that I can't, right. you know? And so uh, that's what they did. So thank you, Tracy, for reminding me of, of the soccer days because I love it. They, they did it and, and they just excelled and it's just made them just even stronger. Um, one of the things, Terrence, that, that, I, I, I see in your story that you shared on your blog post and just in us talking is that your teachers, of course, they engaged you. They engaged yeah. you with your interest, with, with mm -hmm. their belief in you, um, with the curriculum, whatever it might be. They connected and made it, mm -hmm. made it relevant. But it sounds like they also empowered you. Yes, that is huge. Um, one of the biggest things from this blog, I believe that every student should be empowered, regardless of their socioeconomic background, their race, their culture, they should be empowered. And empowerment is 21st century learner, is empowering students. Instead of telling them what to do, we should empower them to take the skills and do something great with it. And that's what my teachers did. They empowered me. They gave up knowledge, and I used that, and I kept growing with it, kept growing with it. Because my teachers knew that I had it. And I think as educators, we should be empowering students regardless. And again, we are, we are always going to have those students who don't know they'd be empowered. In middle schools, every once in a while, we may have a student who will fight us. We have all been there, or even any age. But our goal is to plant that seed. I'm getting scientific here. And hope that's, that seed sprouts down the road. I know my teachers, they, they planted some seeds that sprouted later in life. But... That your goal is to plant that empowering seed and hope that it grows and sprouts into something beautiful that's going to impact the world. So empower, empowerment's everything. If you don't, that's everything. If you look in our world today, everywhere, every country, if, if people are not empowered, they become, lack of a better term, weak. And we have to be empowered because that's absolutely huge. Yeah, I think we talk about engagement and we still need to talk about engagement, about getting kids excited 
about yeah. curriculum and things like that. But when we talk yeah. about empower, which wow. is all 21st century skills, Absolutely. we are giving them the knowledge and skills mm. that they need yeah. to pursue whatever uh, their passions might be, whatever their interests might be, right. to mm -hmm. solve world problems. So I think, I think it's time to start shifting from, we always need to get them excited about learning, but empower them to take this knowledge and be great with it, do something Absolutely. fantastic with it, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Um, I know one of the things that, in my graduate studies, um, our district, we just went one-to-one -one with the Chromebooks. And one of the things I learned from my students, okay, you put a Chromebook in front of them, right? What are you going, to, as teachers, what are you going to do with that Chromebook? Are you going to just have them do boring worksheets on the Chromebook? Because you could just do that on paper. Or are you going to take that device and you're going to teach them how to be innovators and how to be creators? That's the key. Are you going to empower them? And again, empowerment is everything. And empowerment comes knowledge. So that's the biggest thing I would say to teachers. Empower your students, regardless of who they are. Some, of, some students, you may have a student who come from a terrible background, and they have never had a teacher who empowered them. You could be that teacher to plant that powerful seed. And that is huge, because I'm living proof of it. That's why I wrote, started writing this blog. Because when I was thinking about a blog, I started thinking about my life. And I think about it, if I can make it, anybody can make it. Mm -hmm. And it was because of my great teachers that kept me out of jail, that kept me, um, kept me alive, that kept me on that right path and where I am today because they empowered me. They let me, they, they, they just, I had a fire and it's kept feeding the fire and that was huge. And I even had some college professors, in my master's program who, who, who empowered me. Marlena, you empowered me to write the blog. I never thought about <laughs> writing a blog, but now I'm just, wanna, I wanna keep going. I wanna keep being a lifelong learner because yeah. of my teachers. And that's, and that's one of, that's standard number one for ISTE is empowerment. I know that because I had to write my paper on it. <laughs> so I love that. Yeah, empowering students for the 21st century. I love that. And uh, Tanya, who's on our live chat right now, she says hi, that, yes, hi Tanya. She says, empower my students and the knowledge will be internalized. And I think yes. that's the piece, like that's what we need to do. Not just give yes. them the Chromebook, not just feed them the curriculum, but actually equip them yes. and then have them solve those problems um you know and and have them be be those game changers that we know that they yeah. are um, and they and they may not know it that's right that's right tracy from our chat hey tracy yeah. um she says uh, this is such an important message terrence as teachers we have a huge impact so powerful we don't even realize it right and I'm glad you said that, Tracy, because one thing I will tell you, um, when I'm a little blurb about part three of my blog, I actually hid my past and I would lie about it. I would ignore it. And then one day I had a teacher, a professor in college, as he told me, you have a powerful story that people need to hear. So I went from hiding it and ignoring it because I was embarrassed by it to I need to empower other people with this. And I realized, okay, I am doing a disservice to myself and to other people by not telling. This is why 
And me telling people, by the way, is new within the last nine years. This isn't something that I started telling people. I This is within the last nine years of my life. I'm telling people, this is how I grew up. This is who I am. Powerful. And a lot of people started listening. Like, whoa. They would have never guessed that from me. Mm -hmm. like, oh, you really grew up that way? I'm like, yes, I did grow up that way. And they're shocked how I became today because... Uh, the statistics are typically not in my favor for how I grew up. Right, right, absolutely. How do we, how as teachers, do we model that empowerment for our students? Um, you can do it by being more transparent. You can do it by talking with your students. If your students are having a hard time, if they're having a hard time in life, your, your curriculum, they're not thinking about that right now. They're trying to survive. And sometimes you take some time. You, let's just talk. What's going on in your life? Again, build their relationships. Talking with you, talking with them. Let them know. Hey, be transparent. I've been through that. I love that. I've been there. I and I started telling my students. There are certain students who have gone through hard times this year. Like I've been there. They're like, what? I'm like, yeah, I've been where you are, and they're so astounded by that. And then once they, I got their attention, I let them know, hey, these are the things that you're going to have to do. And you're not going to do it tomorrow, but if you keep doing these little things, you will make it. Wow. Wow. Yep. That's and then, in addition enough to that, said uh, right there. <laughs> right. But also in addition to that, teachers supporting each other, having each other's back. Absolutely. And I think it's important for administrators to have their teachers back as yes. well mm -hmm. um, and model for them. If you're a leader uh, in a building, it's, whether you're a principal, assistant principal, uh, yeah. you need to have your teachers back and model for them and empower them and understand that plates, mm -hmm. you have to let plates fall because the growth comes when you're picking up the pieces. So um, I think that's awesome. So Terrence, you're amazing, first of all, let me just say. I really enjoyed just getting to know more about your story, um, having a face-to-face -face with you when I was mm -hmm. in your area um, as well a couple of weeks ago. I know you mentioned so many teachers have been just mm -hmm. such strong role models for you, but uh, I have to ask, have to ask, uh, who's your superhero? That's not a teacher. Uh, I got you. Um, my superhero, this is going to sound crazy, were my, uh, my, brother, my older brother and sister. When I was going, living in a group home, I, that's when I, um, when I was living, we all lived in a group home together. My older brother and sister were succeeding in school. They, and I looked up at them and said, you know what, I want to be like them. They put the seat, that was when I realized I want to go to college, sophomore year. I see my brother, he's a senior. He's doing great things athletically, and he's talking about going to colleges, visiting colleges. And I thought to myself, you know what? I want to do that. I want to go to college because I didn't think about college until my sophomore year. My sister went away to college, and I went to her college graduation when I was in high school. And that was so impactful to me because I realized, okay, what is this college thing? I want more. So they are my superheroes because they really they planted that seed I was talking about earlier. So mm -hmm. I know I don't. I know that sounds like a really random, but my siblings really set the tone for me. And now it's funny because now, and they said, we want, they want to be like me because I was the first one to graduate with a master's. 
So now they say, we're next. So it's, it was, it's interesting how things have changed in our family dynamic. And I told them, you guys set the bar. And they, and they, they told me I raised it. Without setting the bar, you don't have a bar. I love that. I love that. And I just am so glad again that you were here with us on tonight for our Edu Gladiators Live. Yep. Uh, Terrence, if people want to follow you, whether yep. your blog or, or, or just get connected with you, how do they get in touch with the Phoenix, Terrence of course. White? Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I my handle is my name, T-E-R-E-N-C-E, -E, white, just like the color, 23. And that is my Twitter handle. If you want to follow my blog, I am always looking for guest bloggers to students or administrators or teachers to tell a story about a Phoenix moment. I, you can contact me at, I'm going to set up a Google form page today and you can go to my blog at twisaphoenix.blog and click on the about page. And I'm going to put a link there for a Google form. And if you want to talk about Phoenix moments, Please share that because it is powerful for people to know that there's other others like like us out there. Absolutely, it is. Well, thank you again, Terrence, for joining us tonight, and uh, thank you, everyone that's watching live or maybe you're watching the replay. We really appreciate yeah. you joining in, and I hope you learned uh, as much as I've learned from Terrence and and just sharing his story and how to rise from the ashes and how to support our kids that are in the process of that rise. Thank you, Terrence. Thank you for having me. You guys have a wonderful day and enjoy the nice weather if you have some.